Greetings, and welcome to CatastropheCast.com. My name is Walter, and not to start too morbidly, but, uh, well, it's a little morbid. They always say, people always say, that, you know, when it's your time to go, it's better to go in your sleep. And that's actually the subject of what we're dealing with today. When today's catastrophe struck, it killed 1,746 people and thousands and thousands of livestock. And it happened later at night when people were sleeping. What I'm talking about is the limnic eruption of Lake Nyos in 1986. So a little bit of background first on the science behind this. And I will say, I work in computers and pharmacy. I'm not a scientist. But this is still fascinating. A limnic eruption actually happens when a body of water is saturated with another gas. Now, it can be any you know, type of gas, but the two that are known, that we know about, are CO2, carbon dioxide, and methane. And because the gas is heavier than the atmosphere, about 1.5 times heavier than than the atmosphere around you, it actually sinks to the bottom. So if you have this, this gas comes out, it's going to be on the low end. It will, it will sink, and everything in that area will be affected. A little bit more about the bodies of water that are affected by this, or actually just anybody, any body of water. People know the deeper you go in the water, the higher the pressure. So that's why, you know, we can't get to the ocean floor in every area because it's just immense pressure. But also, generally, the deeper down you go, the colder it also gets. Now, when these lakes that exist with this condition, if something disrupts it, could be anything, an earthquake, a landslide, whatever, whatever it is that, that will disrupt this body of gas that is being held, that gas can flip just like an air bubble and can basically shoot out of that lake and saturate the entire area around it. As is, that gas is being held down deep, deep, deep in the water so that all the water above it holds it down. But just like when you hold a cup underwater, it can be held there, but the littlest thing can actually tip it, and that air bubble will escape. So that's basically what a limnic eruption is. This particular incident happened on the night of August 21st, 1986. Now, Cameroon is actually a nation on the eastern coast of Africa, which is it's situated just north of the equator, and Lake Nyos in Cameroon is actually situated in the northwest corner of the country. That whole area is actually former volcanic and actually prone to earthquakes. And Lake Nyos is actually formed in the middle of a volcanic crater. The like, like just about every single body of water, there are where there's water, there are going to be villages and, and people. So, and Lake Nyos was no different. There were four villages that surrounded Lake Nyos, and those were Cha, Cam, Nyos, and Sabum. Now, 
the thing is, the people of those villages actually knew the history and the folklore about the lake. The lake was known as the Bad Lake. And that's because the folklore, and quite often people, you know, we, we, we recognize that folklore is something in our history that maybe we can't explain, so it just becomes a story. Well, the folklore said that that lake had an evil spirit within it and that the evil spirit would emerge on occasion and it would kill everyone that it encounters. Well, on the night of August 21st, 1986, there was a light rain and people were turning in just after nine o'clock. So they were turning in for the night and they did not know it, but that evil spirit was about to move. Whatever happened, and we actually don't quite know at the moment, whatever happened, that CO2 bubble that was being held down by all the pressure exploded. And the CO2 escaped, setting this catastrophe in motion. There are estimates, and these range wildly, from between 100,000 and 1.6 million tons of CO2 that were released from this lake into the area around it. A little bit more about the water itself, this, this CO2 bubble, where the water was, each gallon of water in Lake Nyos was pressurized with more than five gallons of CO2. So when this limiting eruption happened, it was a literal bomb that went off. So, okay, things are in motion. The CO2 is starting to escape. So as the CO2 spills over the edges of the lake, it goes into the valleys below. It's about, like I, I believe I said before, it's about 1.5 times the amount of pressure. So it's heavier and it hugged the ground. As this moved, it moved at 100 kilometers an hour, which is just over 60 miles per hour. And as it moved into these villages, the first sign of what was wrong was fires went immediately were just extinguished because the area was deprived of oxygen. And after, the, after that happened, that's when people just started dropping. Now, there's a good recount from a survivor that you can read, and I read many articles on this, and this guy's account is in several of them. The guy's name is Joseph Nequain, and he lived in the village of Nios. He said that on that night, he was overcome by something, and he passed out. He woke up sometime in the middle of the night, and he noticed that his his daughter was breathing weird and he tried to get to her as he moved to where she was sleeping he collapsed and didn't wake up again until Friday morning at around 9 a.m. when that's when another survivor actually knocked on his door to to see if if he was there if, if you know if he, if he was alive or dead like everyone else thing is he passed out again after this person knocked on his door and slept until the afternoon. When he finally was able to come to his senses, and he may not have had, during this time, he was having problems standing. He was having problems with speech. He couldn't talk. 
when he finally was able to get his wits about him with this other person and they decided to leave. They drove through Nios village and he said that everyone, just everyone and everything was just dead. Everywhere he looked was death. They had gotten on a motorcycle and they rode that motorcycle to the village of Wum. And again, everything, everyone that they encountered was just dead. Now, the good news of, of this catastrophe is that not everyone actually died as a result of the CO2 cloud. But that CO2 cloud did spread up to 25 kilometers away. There were six people, I believe it was, that survived from the village of Nios. And there were a handful of people in the other four villages that actually did survive. From villages and areas that are a little bit farther away, there were 4,000 inhabitants that actually fled that area. The only thing is they weren't able to, you know, come out of this easy. Uh, the survivors mostly developed uh, lesions and paralysis and respiratory problems. And this is due to the amount of gases that they were exposed to. But one of the oddest things, and I'm thinking of this not from a humanic standpoint, but from a scientific standpoint, is that the lake itself, like Nios, once that CO2 actually was displaced, that remember that bubble coming up to the surface, once that CO2 bubble escaped, the water, which was normally blue, changed to a dark red because of the iron-rich water that was now near the surface. Okay, so we've got these horrific events. What happened? The bad thing is, and I, I, I hinted at this earlier, it's actually unknown what exactly triggered the limnic eruption. That night, like I said early on in the podcast, it was raining, and some scientists actually say that the cold water from the rain actually was running into Lake Nios, and that's what displaced the gas. There are other scientists who say that it was an earthquake. Remember, Lake Nios is in a volcanic crater, and you know that area still has earthquakes to this day. The only thing is the survivors actually don't remember an earthquake from that night. There are other people who actually say that it was a landslide, so something on the edge of the lake falling into the lake, and that's what pushed the CO2 bubble out. Those that survived this horrific event, the gases weren't just uh, carbon dioxide. Based on the amount of injuries and the type of injuries, the scientists and, and the, the medical personnel actually figured out that there were hydrogen gases and sulfur gases that were also released as, as part of this limnic eruption. And those, you know, led to a bunch of the injuries. So it wasn't just CO2. There were other gases involved. Whatever actually triggered the limnic eruption, it really opened people's eyes to what the dangers, you know, lie out there. There were some limnic eruptions that had occurred in the past, and you know we know they'll they will occur in the future. 
about two years previous at Lake Manun, there were 38 people killed by a very similar incident. Now, after the incident at Lake Manun and the incident at Lake Nyos, scientists actually did develop a way to degas those two lakes with a series of tubes. But while it does release pressure, it doesn't fix the problem altogether. Right now, as of one of the articles, which I believe was dated 2012 or 2013, the lake actually has higher CO2 levels, Lake Nyos, than in 1986. But what's worse is the lake has a natural dam on one of its sides, and that natural dam is actually failing. So what does that mean? Well, villagers have been moving back to Lake Nyos, and I don't have population numbers, but there are villagers that live in that area again. And if that natural dam actually does finally fail, those villagers could face a double whammy. Not only could they be killed by the escaping gas, because if that natural dam fails, that's going to disrupt the lake and more than likely release the gas. So not only would they be killed by the escaping gas, but if they even manage to survive it, they might drown in the water that floods their area because they live in a valley. Now, there's one more lake to talk about other than Lake Nyos, and it's actually on a much, much larger scale. That lake is Lake Kivu. Kivu is about 2,000 times larger than Lake Nyos, and it spans the Democratic Republic of Congo and Rwanda. It spans those two countries. What's the bad thing about Lake Kivu is it actually supports a much denser population with 2 million people living along its shores. What's even worse than that, if it can get worse... It's not only a high concentration of CO2 gas, carbon dioxide gas, that Lake Kivu holds, but also a really high concentration of methane gas. So if Lake Kivu, or when Lake Kivu limnically erupts, that's a hard word to say, limnically, the CO2, when it erupts, the CO2 could actually disable people, and then a methane cloud could come through, be lit by an open fire somewhere or, you know, a match or a, an engine, a car engine, and it could explode the, the, the air in the area. The really disheartening news about Lake Kivu is like Lake Manun in Nyos, while the lake actually can be degassed because of its sheer size it's actually going to be much, much more expensive and much more difficult to try and do it. So that's it. The Limnic eruption of Lake Niles. I want to thank you for listening. Little shout out to all the new Facebook fans and all the new subscribers. Thanks for getting in here with us. If you have a subject that you would like us to cover, uh, go ahead and just get in touch. We have a website. It's catastrophecast.com. Over on the website, you can leave comments on previous podcasts.
podcasts and other blog posts that I do, and there is a place to leave suggestions. You can email me at podcast at catastrophecast.com. We're on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at catastrophecast. And finally, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash catastrophecast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>